What's up everyone? This is Pastor Sam. And this is Danny. And together we're exploring the book of Ephesians. Welcome, welcome. Third week. Thank you guys for joining us. Um, today we are going to be jumping into and exploring uh, Ephesians chapter 3. And as we've, we've talked about at the onset of this podcast, Ephesians just given an outline to kind of keep our listeners to where we're at, where we're going is that we talked about Ephesians chapter 1 as being the blessings of the church. Yeah. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2 being the universality of the church. And then the third section uh, that this book is kind of, this letter is broken down into, talks about the obligations of the church, uh, which talks about unity, righteousness, and faithfulness. As part of the second segment, which is about the universality of the church in chapter 3, we're going to be talking about the Gentiles, mm -hmm. and then also mm -hmm. talking about a prayer that Paul has for the church, for the Christian, for us today, too, as well. I, I kind of like this idea of the responsibility of the church uh, that, that you mentioned there. You said a different word, but that's... Yeah, obligation. Uh, the obligation, that's what it comes to mind, because God has, in this chapter, revealed a new and a defined stage for the life of the church, for yeah. His eternal plan. Uh, that involves creating people to himself that is composed of this two people group, right? Yeah. The Gentiles and and the Jewish. Like on verse 1 itself, and I don't want to j really jump ahead, but he defines who the you, the pronoun you is throughout the whole letter here, right? On verse 1 it says, you, Gentiles. So one of the main points that we have been trying to raise awareness here and that Paul tried to make is that there was these two people, Gentiles and Jewish. The Jewish was because of God's covenant with Abraham and yeah. David and, and the Messiah, the promise of the Messiah. They were the chosen one. They, that's the, this line that God has always kept yeah. safe and alive in order to bring the complete fulfillment to his, to his plan. That in Christ, that Jesus was the chosen one. That in Christ we are chosen, we are predestined and the blessings that we have talked about. So there's many people tend to be confused about the we and us and you. And Paul, right here, he makes it very clear. Every time I talk about we, is Jew. Every time I talk about us, is Jew. Every time I talk about you, is Gentile. And he makes it very clear here. Yeah. And so he's talking about uh, this, uh, this new united uh, group of people, this, cre this creating of a new people united in Christ and that would join together and proclaim the mystery, the Christ's message. Yeah, and as we say, we're in the second main section of the epistle where Paul is demonstrating that universal nature of the church, of, of humankind. Mm -hmm. And he's explaining how God brings together both Jews and Gentiles, what you're kind of leading to there, mm -hmm. into one body, which is what? The church. The church. Mm -hmm. And and who, how he does that, it's through Jesus, right? So Paul highlights this idea by showing the extraordinary lengths that God has gone gone to in order to obtain and to bring the Gentiles into the church. Mm -hmm. uh, the assumption for the reader is that the story of how Jews were brought into Christ is well known, right? We know that. Yeah. Having been documented by the Old Testament, we have the Old Testament writings to know why the Jews, that we talked about, now how they were chosen people, chosen mm -hmm. generation. Mm -hmm. and the story of God's effort for the Gentile is now being recounted by Paul. Yes. And, and that's kind of where we find ourselves here in this in this letter, the reason for this is that there were problems between the Gentiles and the Jewish Christians who were having difficulties accepting each other in the place of the church with this new thing that we're now united. So Paul is kind of, he's unpacking here that the Jews were in the minority numerically, but first to receive the gospel. Sure. And the Gentiles were in the in numerical majority 
but were the newer converts and they were less educated in a sense in, in, in knowing God's ways and God's laws and things like that. But, you know, Paul is talking about all the blessings that we have. And the biggest thing here is that the Gentiles are no longer excluded, right? We are one. Yeah. We are together. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what we're going to unpack as we go through this, this letter and this chapter today. Yeah, and, and I think this is that, that is the core of this letter, is the core of God's heart, you know. Uh, you have heard me say this, and many proud of our listeners have too, like John 3.16 is an all-encompassing verse, right? It, 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 it embraces the whole entire creation, the word cosmos there, right? Mm -hmm. For God so loved the cosmos, the world, that He gave His only Son. So, uh, that to, to, to see God's salvation for nothing more, nothing less than what it is, the restoration, the salvation of all creation, um, to dissect, to divide people that some will get and some will not, the us versus them mentality. It's just not, I, don't, I just don't think it is in the heart of God. And I think Paul no. is trying to say, listen, uh, God is has always pr purpose within, in, in Him to bring all things under the Lordship of Jesus. We talked about that in chapter 1, verse 10, right? He's trying mm -hmm. to unite all things in Him. And and here, it, it talks about the church being able to preach that message, to expand that message, to show that message, to tell the message that will impact not only physical, material things, physical things, but also spiritual beings. So we will get there in a second. But Yeah, so let's let's just dig in then. Let's just, just jump right in. I think you kind of alluded to a few things already with verse 1. But, you know, Paul is talking about here, he's... Uh, talks about two kinds of people, right? The Jews and Gentiles. We know mm -hmm. that off the top. Mm -hmm. But I, I want to give a different analogy for that. Like insiders and outsiders. Okay. Have you ever felt like an outsider for something? You All know the time, saying? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a foreigner. You always have to But But Paul is saying here, he's saying, listen, the Prince of Peace, Jesus, mm -hmm. he's establishing a, a place where division no longer exists, where hostility once ruled, mm -hmm. hostility once reigned, there's now a unification, yes. a unification of the church, of, of the, the Jews and the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. and, and what dismantled that wall, that barrier, it was the cross, right? Sure, yeah. Christ's cross. And we've been talking about the blessings already in chapter 1, talked about, you know, who we once were in chapter 2. Yeah. And Paul is kind of now wrapping up and saying, listen, this division that we have of insiders and outsiders is no more. God has done so much to work to, br to bring it down, right? Like, yeah. You know, he... Uh, there, there's a lot of work being done in planning and the fruition of that through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, the cross, as you're saying. Uh, that 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 must be no longer be held as the basis by which uh, people sees the gospel. Yeah, and 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 this isn't like, oh, God's changing His plan. This was always the plan. No, yeah, God doesn't have a plan B. It does. I, I, I love <laughs> like people say, well, God has a plan B, so He's saying, Jesus, what? God never had a plan B. God's plan has always been the same. That yeah. in Christ we would all experience uh, the blessings that flow from the Father through the Son in the Spirit that lives in us. Yeah, and and I I think that I think we both kind of agree that you know this is uh, this was and the text too as well. Paul is saying that this is what's been revealed to me. This is God's plan from all along mm -hmm. that they would be together, Jews and Gentiles, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And um, he 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 really goes into in the section here where he says. The mystery, right? What, what is the mystery? Like, 
You know what? It is fun. So let, let me be geek here with you. The word mystery here is a very. It is puzzling that Paul uses the word uh, that he uses this word, a uh, mystery here, because the word mystery here um, is the, it is is the words that cults would use back in the day for secret uh, entrance to the cult. Okay. Right. So, like, it was a word that was used, like, the different religions, false religions, was used in the day, uh, like, so it was like the the rituals, uh, the initiation that people would go through. They're called those the mysteries. Not everybody knew. So, for you to be initiated, you gotta go through this mystery, right? Yeah. And for Paul, so it is very interesting that Paul used that to be part of the uh, of the cult uh, of Artemis that we have talked about here. You would go through a ceremony, a initiation that they call it a mystery. Yeah. Right? And then for Paul, it's like, well, there is this mystery. And yeah. this mystery is Christ. Yeah, it, it is Christ. And um, for one thing I wanted to kind of bring out here too as well, it was a mystery that was revealed to Paul as well in Acts 22, sure. verse 21. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, because we know Paul was, well, he was a persecutor of the church, right? Sure, yes. And when he was in Acts 22, verse 21, is the mystery, Paul says, his apostleship to the Gentiles that is a mystery to him because he was what? He was a persecutor of the Jews. Sure, yeah. And this, this mystery was made at his conversion. You're right. It's Christ, right? Christ met him on the road of, of Damascus. Mm-hmm. And Acts 22, verse 21 says, go, for I will send you far away to the Gentiles. Sure, yes. So, so, but here's the thing about this mystery and being Christ is that most cults, when they have mysteries, they keep it as what? Secret. Secret. Hidden. Nobody you knows. You can't get it. in. You can't get in. Insider it. again. It, you're an outsider. Exactly. Yeah. If you don't get, if you don't know the mystery, you're, you're so for Paul, this he he's talking about the revelation. He not only received the revelation, he's passing on this revelation. So there is no more mystery. Yes. The whole point of I I I love what he does here. Is that like, uh, you know, there is no ritual to get, there is no secret to get here. Actually, I'm revealing to you, I was revealed the secret and I'm giving this stewardship of the gospel, which is to reveal to you what the mystery is. If there is any fault of mine here, is the fact that I'm revealing a mystery and everybody else is hiding the mysteries of their religions. In Christianity, there is no mystery. There is no hiddenness. There is nothing done in the dark. There is nothing done around the corner in the darkness. No. Everything is right open. It is transparent. It's clear. Everybody ought to know. And so Paul is using here, I think, yeah. as, a, as a way of attracting the yeah. cold people of the day, the religious people of his day that was outside uh, of, you know, who would see, find that word to be interesting. And he would say, well, there is no mystery whatsoever. It is Christ. And here I, I'm telling you, and I'm telling you in open spaces, right? Yeah, yeah. In verse 4 through 7, he explained what God revealed to him mm-hmm. when he called him to this special ministry, a ministry that had its objective, the glad news, the good news that the Gentile were now eligible to receive God's grace and blessing. Mm-hmm. And this was not made known before, but now it has been revealed through Paul's preaching. Now, here's here's my question to you. Mm-hmm. A guy who has been a persecutor of the church, mm. how difficult would this job have been for him to now proclaim the way to the Gentiles, whose job was mm-hmm. for the Gentiles, for the, the religious leaders, to go and persecute the church. I, I, I mean, put, put ourselves in the, in the foot of Paul for a little bit, right? For for a, 
long period of your life, you thought you were right, you thought you were doing the right thing, and now you're not only were revealed that what you were doing was wrong, now you have to proclaim the other side of it. I, I see that as a as a big lesson on humility. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to affirm that you're right about something, you better get that revelation from God, because... If not, at some point or another, you will find yourself defending on the other side and then have to be, you know, for me metaphorically, having slapped in the face yeah. many times because now you have to take it back what you said. Yeah, or, cake on your face. Uh, that is exactly <laughs> So, you know, I, 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 I love how people, especially Christians in the 21st century, so quickly to affirm some truths that are not them to be uh, to, to affirm, to to, to hold on to some banners and to some flags that, that maybe uh, you shouldn't be holding those things too tightly. Maybe you should be smart about what you're proclaiming here. Because sooner or later you might find yourself having to, like Paul, bound down before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he'll be telling you wee, 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 that what you were doing was never really right. Here's what you need to be focusing on. Here's what you, you need to be proclaiming. And, and of course, you know, if you're going to be speaking the truth, the, the truth is found in biblical, in, in the mm -hmm. biblical, uh, in the Bible. Uh, and so I think if, you're, if Christians is going to be holding tight to some things, they need to make sure what they're holding tight to is found on God's word, is biblically right. It is, um, it, it is a doctrine that comes from God's word, not your personal opinion, not people's personal opinion, not government people uh, pr uh, opinions but, or laws, really, but really what is, is written in the word of God. You know, you talked about this here, and I don't know where else you want to go before we go too far into, into the verses. There, there's a couple of things about this that, that I, I thought was interesting. Mm -hmm. The first one is this. He's a prisoner. Yeah. Right? Like... What credibility has a prisoner? Well, not much, right? Because, I mean, that means you've done something wrong. Uh, but Paul, Paul says, hey, I'm a prisoner for Christ. Y yes, uh, uh, that, that's of, of Christ. My transition says of Christ. It, it gives his, uh, of who he belongs. He, he, yeah, yeah. I belong to Christ and I'm in jail. That, you know, and so... Right. Um, and he says, on behalf of you, Gentiles, like, you know, there's a... So he says, for this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, on behalf of you, Gentiles. So it's like, listen, I, I am in jail, uh, and I belong to Jesus, uh, but most people who are in jail usually did something immoral, something that belong that, that, that negates the... the, the yeah, and Let's say, hey, you did something wrong. You got to go. Well, and the reason why he's in jail is because the Jewish leaders opposed his work that he was doing. Sure. He yeah. was going around saying, hey, Gentiles now belong in the kingdom of God, right? Which is the mystery that he's talking about. And it's a revelation that he has. And Paul uses uh, in this letter and twice between the verses, God's grace. Mm -hmm. Right. All of this is because of God's grace. And that's why he's like leaning into that because there's only one way that a man who is a persecutor of the church can turn around and be a promoter of the church is through the grace of God. Yes. So, but he, so it's important for us to cl clear this here is that there is no reason for Paul incarceration really. None. And the reason for that is that it has nothing to do with moral lapse or for God's displeasure, or anything that should cause the readers to, to be concerned, those who are receiving the letter to be concerned. 
Uh, you know, and I think it was possible that some of the people like, wait, 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 this guy is in jail and writing to us. Like, what did he do? Right. Yeah. Uh, so it, it is important for us to clear that up uh, for sure. Another thing that I want you, I want the people, I wanted to bring it up is here is that if Paul is in jail, is that a good thing for him or a bad thing for him? I mean, there, so here's what, what, what I'm trying to get to. This, there is this unbiblical pursuit on the life of a Christian to, be, to have a life that is trouble-free. Mm-hmm. Why, would I, why would I have a life that's not trouble-free if I trust God, Sam? Well, here you find yourself, <laughs> here you find Paul in jail. Yeah. Right? This is the, the apostle. You know, here's a guy who has authority. Jesus has given him authority. Jesus is using him if you're today. Imagining, if you're imagining him on a worldly level of status, he's the last guy you would expect to be in prison. That's exactly. Yeah. Uh, and he so, has clout. <laughs> so there's this mindset in, in the church today that, that says this, I deserve a pain-free, a trouble-free existence. You know, when when life deals uh, deals us some opposition, we have the the right to to blame someone else or to blame the system, to feel sorry for ourselves, but also to devote most of our time to coping uh, and to like uh, finding ways to get out of that. This mindset gives uh, a trajectory of to life that is almost uh, false expectation in my in my way. I mean, we're gonna have stress. We're going to have. Uh, unsafe times in our lives. There'll be, uh, there is a natural trajectory to some of us in life, especially in ministry, that will that will call for some dangers, uh, for lack of self protection. We'll be put in, in some difficult times uh, that we won't find. We'll be in discomfort. We'll be in danger. We'll be in stress. Uh, and I think it is important for people to know that if Paul himself found himself in a very difficult position in prison. That we might find that too. Some of us need to come to the realization that there will be times that we will be stressed and in danger. That's normal. That will be in discomfort. That we'll need to endure some difficulties in life. Um, there will be times where uh, Romans 8.28 will come to fruition in our lives in this way. I love this when he says, I'm here but I'm still proclaiming the gospel. Mm-hmm. The God working all things in the life of Paul who loves him. It is not that Paul would be out of jail, but that the gospel itself would be preached and that he would be effective in preaching the gospel. And most of us think that, oh, God's going to work all things for my good. And that would be that I would come out of jail. Well, Paul wasn't even concerned about coming out of jail. What he was concerned that, God, if you're going to work for my good, the best thing for me is that the gospel would be preached and the mystery would be revealed. And people continue to come to this saving knowledge that is important. Not not so much about me, but it's about you. So what is good, the good of God for us, doesn't necessarily uh, at times has to be about how selfish we are and how much we want, but really it's how much God wants for us because He knows what He's doing in us is better than what we want for us ourselves. You know, as you say that, I think about the mystery that people of the world may even look at Christians today who are going through trials, who are mm-hmm. in a prison or in like a... like in a situation a tough situation but yet they have joy mm, they show mm. joy they rejoice that's a mystery to the that the world has definitely right but that's a mystery that the mysteries revealed to us christians who are going through those trials but continue to have joy continue to have hope 
because we trust in the one that who will never leave us alone. And, that, and Paul is kind of like, he's, he's demonstrating that no matter where you're at, you got to still keep professing the good news, right? That's the mystery. Hey, God has come. He's revealed, he's revealed things. He's revealing things to us. And I want to give you a little bit more. Here's the mystery. Here's, a, here's why I can rejoice in prison. Here's mm-hmm. why I can, I can continue to write because the work is continuing to increase and increase. And the word says we must decrease, so he must increase. And Paul is increasing God's, the gospel here. Mm-hmm. By not, he's he could have easily written and said, "Hey, someone get me out of jail." Sure. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Go <laughs> well, back, Caesar, to yeah, get yeah. me out of here. Someone, someone Go get me talk out to so and so to to get me out of here. He never. But he he I, continues to profess and 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 to to push forward this agenda that he has, at least in this section, mm-hmm. that Jews and Gentiles are one, and that's a mystery. He even says it in verse six. He says the mystery is that the Gentiles are now fellow heirs. Heirs is the big word when you think yeah. about that, right? Yeah. It's an inheritance thing, right? Mm-hmm. You it is it is not something that you just got by by just accident. No. Is you you are son, you are heir. He says, and he goes, and members of the same body, mm-hmm. you know, and partakers of the promise mm-hmm. in Christ Jesus through what? The gospel. Uh, and and he says, and that is the unsearchable riches of Christ. Like yeah. it, it, like it, it, like you can't even find it. No, he's so good, so big, so great. You don't even find. It. But here's the thing. I go go back to it. For Paul, this mystery, the responsibility, the stewardship with that word that goes back to verse one. I know I'm going back there. Yeah, it is important for him because like listen, it doesn't matter what's going on. What I'm called to do, the purpose of it all, is that I'll be good steward of God's grace that has been given to me. To pass on to you, to reveal to you this mystery which you have shared with us big time here. So the gospel of grace has implications for Paul that affect heaven and earth. Which is, I think, we can get to move on to the next part of, 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 of chapter 3 there, verses 9, 10, 11, 12. Uh, because I think one of the, and I don't know where you, you wanted to go with all that, but for me, there's revelation of that, that Paul has got from God has to do with the church, right? So that mm-hmm. through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might not be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavens and the heavenly places. Yeah, I mean, I think Paul is uh, trying to, to, to unpack this here, to continue to keep leading and not just keep saying like, hey, we are now united. He's saying, listen, everyone is under the Lordship now. He's under, he says, God created all things. And this mystery, it was... It wasn't. Re- it wasn't even revealed to angels. Oh man, you know. Yeah. They didn't even know. No. Um, but now he's saying. Now it's known. Now he's is this enlightenment of. Oh wow! God is. God has all things under His control. His mystery has. He's been, it has been hidden. And I think for this, ages. I think this is one of the biggest thing I I I love about this this part specific is that like, a lot of us think that we that we get revelation from angels. The angels has like special message for us. And not, do you know what I'm saying? Guardian you know, angel. Guardian angel. Well, I'm not for all of that. I don't want to knock people completely believes out on angels and so on and so forth. But, you know, they go back and read and read Daniel and talk about Archangel bringing a message down from God. They, they, they think that's like, that is still the case. And that mm. like, you know, God is trusting the angels with messages for us. And what Paul does here is he says this, like, listen, what you don't understand is actually the other way around. God is working through the church 
Mm-hmm. What God is doing through yeah. the church is actually the message that the angels and the demons are waiting for yeah. to see what the next move is. It's a mystery to them too. <laughs> yeah, so like God is using the church, right? Uh, so it, 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 it is very important that we understand that the church is the means by which the world, visible and invisible, is learning and understanding the plans of God for creation, Right? Uh, the yep. existence and the growth of the church has implications that resounds through the heaven, through the entire heaven, through the entire spiritual realm. The hostile ones, the principalities, the authorities, uh, the, the evil ones and the good ones, they all are being, they are all watching to see what God is doing through the church in order to be able to understand what God is, do, is going to do next. So that flow uh, of revelation through the church, uh, it, it is very important. It is very important. We sh- the church should never take for granted the purpose of God for us. Um, never, never take for granted the... the, the yeah, I mean, I, I think what you're leaning on here is that, you know, the church is almost like it's a pillar and a support for the truth that we read in God's Word. Mm-hmm. That we see coming out, coming into fruition you know, time over time, you know, the mystery hidden for ages has now came to be known through Jesus Christ, who is now our mediator with the Father. Yes. Um, One thought that I have here that might be a little bit creepy is that uh, most Christians don't think this way. I, there is this, this this division in our mind between the spiritual and the physical mm-hmm. uh, because we don't see uh, the spiritual right so therefore we call it non-existent um but these verses that so that through the church the manifold so that the word manifold means there are many facets there's yeah. many parts many to layers yeah of god uh might not be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places right this was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in christ jesus our lord so uh, one of the creepy part is here is that you know, if the heavenly places, uh, the the rulers and authorities here, which has to do with principalities and potency, goes back to it's gonna go forward to Ephesians chapter six that we're gonna impact in the future. Uh, uh, they're scheming against us, and Peter tells us that the the devil is like a lion waiting to eat us up. So there is a spiritual realm, and here's the thing that I think is important: the spiritual realm good and bad, is always watching. It's a reactive realm. It is always watching what we're doing. Like, here's the thing that most people don't understand is that right now there is demons walking in the streets of Delaware, Ohio, and he, they are looking at the church to see what God is doing and how to trap us. Mm-hmm. How to bring temptations that will make us fall. Like, how to, how, you know, how, how are we going to stop uh, this church from prospering? How are we going to stop God's people from prospering? What can we bring against them that will make them stumble and fall? We don't believe when Jesus said, you know what? The gates of hell will not be able to stop you guys. Yeah. But we, 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 we don't even believe in hell anymore. <laughs> How is it that we are going to believe in our victories that God, that Jesus has provided for us through, uh, through His life, death, and resurrection? If the devil is already defeated, why are we still focusing on and living un- un- uh, defeated lives, right? Well, I think it's because uh, most of the time we are allowing uh, the enemy to gain power in our lives. I-, I think one of the things that you said 
on, on the Bible study uh, that we created, that you created, is that uh, uh, the devil is defeated. Remember saying that? Oh yeah, he's dead. That he's dead. Only power we give him, only power he has, the power we give him. Well, but here's the thing. Uh, while we were dead in our trespasses and Jesus made us alive in Jesus Christ, the devil is dead, but we bring him back to life in our lives. There's a power shift happening, right? Yeah. Why are we resuscitating something that, has, that is killed, that is dead? Why are we bringing the, the devil back to life in our own personal lives? I mean, uh, they, 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 they are watching us, and they should be watching us to continue to know that you are defeated, that you have been destroyed, and you're not going to win. But yeah. instead of that, they're watching us, waiting for opportunity for us to bring them back to life, to, to attack us and to destroy us, to destroy our families, to destroy our moral values, the principles that we hold on, to destroy our community, to destroy our own person with addictions, with sins that has come to destroy our lives completely. At times I feel like, you know what? If God has made us victorious, why are we giving in to the enemy who has already been defeated? Why are we bringing them back into the picture? God has given us everything in us, the opportunity to live successful, blessed life in Christ. Yeah, that, that will remain a mystery to us if we continue to neglect the power that we have and the spiritual blessing that we have access to, right? You know, yes. Paul, Paul is, is, is as he wraps up this section of the letter here. He asked his readers to not be discouraged on the account of his imprisonment. He's been in prison for years, and all the work among the Gentiles that he's been doing could be seen as doomed, though seems threatened. But Paul, he doesn't see it that way. He reassures them in two important ways. First, he describes how their position has always been in God's plan. Mm-hmm. Opposition, you and I, opposition. Who we are has always been in God's plan that we will be redeemed. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. What happens now is that He gives us the choice whether we want to or not. Mm-hmm. It goes back to what you're saying. Like a lot, some of us are still, we still we've given the power over to the devil. Mm-hmm. He had the enemy, the the, the 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 demonic forces of this world, and we stay there, not recognize the victory that we have and lean into that. Paul is saying, listen, your your position has always been in God's plan. And he reminds them, and he can he said to consider this precious. Mm. precious in their sight mm. because his imprisonment is a testimony to how important this work that he's doing really is mm. and so many times we missed that he said this should serve as an ongoing symbol a lot of times a lot of us don't realize this and we lose heart paul says don't lose heart because when we fail god wants to save us a lot of us thinks that when we fail god's like that was no 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 yeah but sometimes we feel like we're in jail we're doomed yeah. and paul's like no 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 have confidence. Yeah. You have this confidence. You can access the King of Kings and the Lord Lover all the time because of your faith in Him. Be confident, right? It's like mm-hmm. this was according to eternal purpose that He has realized in Christ Jesus, our Lord, in whom we have boldness. Boldness. And strong word. Very strong word. And access with confidence. You're not only bold, you have access and you should have confidence through our faith in who? Christ in Christ, Jesus. why you just talk about not losing hope, being redeemed, mm-hmm. holding on the, the, the banner that say I am victorious. Yeah. It must be it must we must be bold. It, it must be with no shame. We should be unashamed yeah. of what Jesus has I'm, done. I'm reminded that when we did the names of God sermon about Jehovah Nisi, mm-hmm. like when yes. they when they went to battle, 
like, you know, they looked at your nisi, which is like a banner. Mm-hmm. And it, which means the Lord's my banner. Mm-hmm. Like, how many of us have failed to carry on our banner, our, our nisi? And we've, we've allowed the enemy to say, hey, I can attack. Sure. But we got we to gotta, we gotta proclaim it. We got to be bold. We have access to that truth. We have access to the power through our faith in Christ. So we're not to lose hope. And that's what Paul is, is urging, urging the church here. And he's urging us today, today as well. He says, so, so, I'm suffering for your glory. So I have a word of encouragement here. Maybe today someone feels like I'm in jail. Yeah. I'm in jail to my addictions. I'm in jail to my depression. I'm in jail to my anxiety. I'm in jail to the sickness in my body. I'm in jail. Raise your nisi. <laughs> Raise your banner that you're victorious. Be confident. Be bold and confident through faith in Christ Jesus. That you are called by God to inherit this unsearchable riches of Christ to your life, right? And that through you, the rest of creation must know that Christ is still seated on the throne, that he still has a lot of blessings, and your imprisonment right here, right now, does not have to dictate what your future is. And Paul is so, he's so into this, he's so, he's so like, he's moved to this point. The next section, he falls to his knees, says, it's for this reason I fall to my, my knees, knees. Mm. before the Father. The sermon for this week was uh, on this part, right? I focus yeah. on this part. Um, and, 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 and I just love this. How many Christians today bow down on their knees to pray? Not many, man. I think people will say when they're in a really, 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 really tough spot and like they have nothing else to accept, not, no other options to go to, maybe they'll get underneath. I know I've been, I, I've done that myself. Sure, like, sure, sure. Know? Yeah, yeah. But you're right. Every time we, we should, we should there, be on there, our there is a posture language and there is a verbal language. Yeah. And I think both together determines what you think of God. Who would you bow down to? I mean, well, I, I mean, if <laughs> to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, who, who do we bound down to? To someone who is superior. Superior. Yeah. Someone who is greater, has greater authority, an authority that not only uh, has but is demonstrated and is seen. Because if someone say, "Come here today," and say, "I uh, bow down before me. I'm the king of this." place and you'll be like, ah, yeah, no, you're fooling me. I'm not bowing down to you. To, to bow down before someone is someone who you have to, you have to recognize its, its power, its authority, its responsibility, right? You just don't bow down to anyone. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, the language here from Paul is pretty, it's pretty good, uh, that he bows down to yeah. someone who is greater. And, and he, he's praying and he's asking specifically for, for us, for the Christians to be strengthened. Mm. You know, um, a lot of times we don't feel like strengthen where strengthen with the power through the spirit. But he says in your inner being. Yeah, in your inner being. Yes. Who yeah. wants to be strengthened inside? <laughs> you want to have? That's why I don't have much muscles out here. <laughs> it's all inside. <laughs> you know, like who in the twenty first century? Who today is praying? To God, would you strengthen my in, inner being? Who is asking that? Uh, I mean, why would you Paul ask that? Why is that important? Why, why would Paul ask someone to be strengthened on the inside? He's like, heck no, man! I want, I want a new car. I need a new. I want a new wife. I want more shoes. I, I, I want a well, better job. I, I, I all, want more money. I all want... those things are visual things you can see, right? That mm. that's things. So 
that's someone you can see that we talk we, we made a little fun of that being muscular mm -hmm. but I when Paul talking about the inner man he's referring to the heart mind and the spirit okay those are things unseen right yes because you have to be strong minded well how was praying for something that is unseen then today it may seem like it's a mystery <laughs> it's but but I, I mean that bothers me a lot like yeah. you know uh you know the reason i think why paul is asking for the inner what you're talking the mind the heart and um spirit and, and soul. spirit the soul um it's because it doesn't matter which situation you find yourself into it uh if you are strength from the inside you'll be able to yeah. overcome it would you say that yeah i mean he's not he's not asking for you know power from like a, an overwhelming he's not for spiritual power because human power is not enough we need god's power and he's asking god to strengthen us according to his ability and his resources mm. and his strength and mm. how does he do that through the holy spirit that's what he talks about not through self-will not through practice not through physical effort all those things you mentioned there is things that we can self self put to ourselves into right to get stronger in it's yeah. a self thing this is a dependency thing, and he's leading them to be dependent on the Holy Spirit that we have been gifted to through, you know, baptism. We've received the indwelling gift of the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. and his job, his purpose is to help us in these things. So Paul is saying, hey, strengthen the inner man, the inner spirit that's in you, so you can continue to have, be enlightened with the things that God is revealing to you. Because if that's not strong, you're not going to be, you're not going to see the things how you should be seeing it. You'll see things as, well, I'm in prison mm -hmm. and I'm going to be here forever. And more, uh, he says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. He said, I'm praying for your inner being to be strengthened so that Jesus can dwell in your hearts through faith. Let me tell you, uh, more money won't get Christ to dwell in your hearts through faith. More possession won't get that. More status won't get there. More power won't get there. I don't know, more physical healing, which is we're often praying for, which I'm all for it. I'm not mm -hmm. saying you should be praying for all this stuff. But I'm saying there's some primary primary prayers that, 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 that is important. And Paul prayed for the strength of the inside of the individual, the inner being. And he gives purpose. I'm praying for it so that Christ would live in you through faith. Man, a lot of us sometimes are so weak inside that every time we go through difficulties or or situations that we re that we don't like we're the first one to kick christ out so we're always trying to find someone to blame some some system to blame instead of being take responsibility for the weaknesses that we have on on the inside that has kept us from really allowing christ to live within and to have some things that are important rooted in, rooted in us. Yeah, Paul, Paul is asking here, he's saying the strengthen, the spirit strengthens the inner man. My question is, how does, how does he do this? Mm. I can think of three ways. Okay. Uh, first, he intercedes for us. Mm -hmm. Romans 8.26 tells us that. Mm -hmm. Secondly, the spirit enables us to connect with God with confidence in prayer Mm -hmm. which Paul is doing here, yeah. mm -hmm. and this confidence strengthen our faith and our hope. Mm. And the last one that I see is the Spirit comforts us. Oh. In Acts 9.31, not, not, not the comfort that comes from counseling or encouragement given to us from others, which is all good, those yes. things are good in itself, but that we may understand and appreciate that the Holy Spirit direct comfort grants us peace of mind 
peace of heart, peace that surpasses beyond all mm. human understanding. Amen. It means that everything, if everything in my life is falling apart and yet I have no fear because God is with me, this is the kind of comfort that the Spirit gives to us. Sure. And that's what he's saying. He says, pray for this so he could strengthen this part of your life, this part of your thinking, this part of your being, your inner being, so that he can intercede, he can enable you, and he can comfort you. Mm. I like that. But he keeps on going though. He's talking about his strength. Yeah. He, he talked about a few words that I think is important. He says being rooted, yep. grounded, and then he goes uh, strengthened to comprehend. Uh, you know, so he's he's talking about something that is important here that you be rooted and grounded in love, may have yeah. strength and comprehend with all the saints. How encompassing or all, all encompassing whatever the word is, yeah. love is yeah. right. I mean, Paul is praying that people, that we, that the, the people in Ephesus, that you and I today, that us here at, in Delaware, would understand how good God's love is. Well, the word, the word I think of and the word I think you're thinking of is enlightenment. Sure. Right? Mm. He, he's enlightened. How good it is. He's enlightenment, enlightenment, right? It's the Holy Spirit that gives us the enlightening of God's will in our lives. And that's what you're kind of leaning. That's... For us, it's God's will. How do we how do we lean into God's will? We need to be enlightened to it, mm -hmm. and we need to be grounded, rooted, and above all, to be loving. And so he he's trying to tell us how big God love is and the purpose of Christ's love that surpasses knowledge. Because it's not about how much you know; uh, it's actually how much you receive that you may be filled. That's why I'm saying how much you receive. Mm -hmm. It's how much you receive that you may feel with all the fullness of God. So Paul said, like, listen, I'm praying so that you be strengthened, so that Christ will live within you, so that you be rooted, grounded in His love, not only to understand, but to receive it, to be filled with it. And he says love, how, I don't understand this, I don't understand what the word is, but I can't pronounce it, breadth, 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 breadth length, yeah. height, and depth, like he... There's nothing missing. No. All coverage, all area. Cover There's no zone coverage in this. It's full coverage. <laughs> it's full coverage. It's not like Verizon over here. <laughs> Verizon is a spotty over here. You can't get, you got signal coverage here, not coverage there. No, with God's love, it's coverage everywhere. You know, if he, if he offers 5G, you get 5G at any place you go. Yeah, you're going to strengthen the Holy Spirit. What 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 signal you got there? The <laughs> light? <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. Uh, but uh, I mean, two things I want to just say real quickly. What what the, the Holy Spirit can help us achieve uh, when we pray to be strengthened, right? The achieve certain spiritual goals because it's to permit them to surrender more of themselves to Christ. Mm -hmm. It's to permit us to surrender more of ourselves. We... Christians need to be strengthened in the inner man in faith so that Christ can take greater possession of us. Mm. Greater possession. Only the spiritually strong can be meek as Christ is meek. You think about that. We talked about humble and humility earlier, right? Only the spiritually strong can crucify the flesh as Christ was crucified. Wow. The idea is that the Holy Spirit strengthened us so that there can be more of Christ in us and less of us in us. And oh, we've wow. heard that before. Yeah. And then also the second thing the Holy Spirit helps us, it enables us to truly understand the capacity of God's love. To truly understand that as Christ dwells in us, we are growing in Him. We begin to see that God's love is endless. It surpasses all knowledge. We can't know the end of it. That's what you're talking about. The length, the breadth, the head, the depth. 
We can't know. We don't know the end of it. We can't know the end of it. And if we're growing in this understanding, there's no end to our development. And consequently, we begin to experience the nature of eternal life as we are called to. And in making this prayer, Paul wants us to be filled to the brim with things of, of God, things of love, hope, joy, peace, understanding, all of these things. And then, you know, he, he, he's so overwhelmed, he breaks out into the doxology, which is yeah. the doxology is a spontaneous praise, right? That's, that's what a doxology is. He's praying for God to explain what the blessing is and what they have. In the middle of it, he's so overcome by grace. And the wonder of it all, he breaks out and he starts praising God. While most of us ends our prayer with a request. Yeah, he, he starts to praise. Prayer, <laughs> he, he, start, he ends his prayer with a praise, with, uh, with adoration, you know. And, and he says, Hello, can I read it? Yeah. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever amen dude it gives me chills <laughs> just to read it man what if we this, pray like that oh, what, if, what if we pray like that instead of like I know we, we see prayers sometimes our prayers weren't about us it was about God well yeah well we get well we got to get from the transactional prayer to the relational prayer mm. Right, a lot of our prayers are transactional. It's like God's a candy machine. I want this. <laughs> Give me that. I and when the money, it. and when you put the money, you and, and, and when you put the money, the kid doesn't come. You're shaking the thing, kicking the thing, blaming the thing. <laughs> but that's exactly how Christians do. I, I remember prayer is something that we have tried to work at home with the kids a lot. Um, I remember when my mom was was in the hospital, you know, passing and. Oh, she was in the hospital battling with COVID. Yeah. I, I, you know, I remember we would pray every night, right? We would pray every night. Too. And, and I would start always the prayer and end the prayer with, you your will, will be done. done you yeah. will be done. Uh, we have some desires. We have some things that we want. And, yeah. But you will be done. And I will, never, I will never forget one day where I got the message and my brother text, uh, you know, it was a voice ma message and we all heard and he was like, pray for mom because she might not make it. This was right in the beginning of, of her battle with COVID. And, and I remember Junior praying, crying and interceding for his grandma, you know, praying for God to yeah. heal, heal grandma. And the next morning, uh, you know, we woke up and he, the first question like, have you heard from Gigi Thiago yet? It's like, not yet, but not yet. Uh, but that evening we did, and and my mom got better that day. She was yeah. better, and I, I and so when I told him, I could see on his eyes like, oh, prayer it works. It works. <laughs> it worked, man. It worked, right? So, um, does prayer does work? God does work all things for the good of His people. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe you know. Ultimately, we were thinking mom would survive. Eventually, she passed away. Uh, so people like, well, did it really work? Well, it did work for that day. Yeah. It did work for God. Why it's God all about perspective. It is. How you see it. So uh, for, Paul, the for Paul, the perspective was not that he would come out of jail. For Paul, the perspective is that people would get a, an understanding of God's love and, and what God is, the power of God. Not necessarily he would come out of jail. Mm -hmm. uh, in jail, out of jail, for, for Paul, it didn't matter. And, and for our family, you know, it hurts, but... If mom is dead or alive, the reality is that she's with Christ. And for that, for us, that's most important. 
but that through this that season of prayer we were able to understand how deep how wide how all embracing is God's love for us yeah. right uh, because here's what I was, what I'm trying to get we we base prayer so much on results mm -hmm. than the moment is spent with God prayer is not about results it is about being with God the Paul does do to him who is able to do far more abundantly. Well, far more abundantly. I do not know what far more abundantly is for myself. Do you know what that is for you? No. Who do, who knows what it is for them? Uh, do, do I know what far more abundantly would it be for my mom? What it would be far more abundantly for my mom would be? What, what, what would that be? I, I don't know. Only yeah. Christ knows. And I'm okay with whatever it is that he has for me, for my family, for my mom, according to the power within us. So people have a, a very bad relationship with prayer uh, yeah. because we're based on the transition. I put it in, I get something out of it. Yeah. Uh, maybe we have that all wrong. Yeah, I think, I think you know, prayer is relational, right? It's not transactional. We've made it transactional. The church has made it transactional. And that's maybe come at the expense of at a good at a good thing. And when you ask people for prayer requests, you sure, know, sure. prayer requests, you know, that, that And becomes, I'm not saying we shouldn't yeah, be playing no, for prayer no, requests. No, 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 we should be praying for those things. But I think what you're trying to say, like, listen, above all, prayer is spending time with God, which mm -hmm. is a relational thing. Mm -hmm. And through that, you know, there are things that are needs in our lives that God knows that we have and, and that doesn't mean you don't ask God for things. You ask God for things. Sure, sure. The Bible tells us whatever you ask in my name, uh, ask and it will be done. You well, know? it says here. Yeah. He says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. So it's not that you don't ask. It's not that you don't think. Don't get me wrong here. What the problem is, is that we don't know what far more abundantly is. Yeah. But because he can do a lot more than we can even think and imagine, maybe. But so maybe what sometimes we call it wrong is the fact that God can do something that is beyond our thinking. Like, you know, it is beyond a son's thinking mm -hmm. that at 38 years old, 39 years old, he will be without his mother. Yeah. This is beyond my thinking. Yeah. But that's the kind of thing that God does. It's not, it's beyond my understanding. Well, I can't understand that, Danny. How, how do you understand that? But but God in His... If you believe that God is in control, that He's working through your life, and that He's working through the life of, of my mom, and my dad, and my brother, and my sister, and my family, abundantly, can't I can't perceive that. And when we get that, we should praise Him, not yeah. curse Him. Yeah, and we, we have a tendency to think of abundantly means more, right? It means more. More of this, more of that. Mm -hmm. You know, I think, um, you know, Paul's prayer should be our prayer. You know, wanting more of Christ in us mm -hmm. that is seated deep within us so that the roots of God's love grow deeper and deeper within us. Mm. Oftentimes, we, instead of asking for more things and more time and more comfort, we should ask God to expand our capacity to be filled with spiritual blessings. Mm. Right? Asking Him to revealing us, to give us a better taste of the things to come and not focus on our momentary trials, our momentary prisons, in a sense, in our present. And may we see things that God is doing as a means of refining us to be more and more like Christ. You know, mm -hmm. That's why Paul says, pray for the strengthening of the inner man, the mm -hmm. inner being, mm -hmm. so that 
you know, you can be strengthened. The spirit can intercede. He can comfort you. Mm-hmm. And and that's the kind of comfort that, that comes with that. Is God doesn't leave us hanging. Like, well, I took your mom and that's it. No, he comforts you throughout that process. Sure. So, so <clears throat> what is important is that uh, to pray that God will expand our awareness mm-hmm. and our ability to see his ability to intervene and to help mm-hmm. in moments that in the ways that he intervenes and he helps that we don't perceive it. Yeah. Right? So, and then I think that's the, the, that's for me what prayer goes beyond just, it's like, you know, I expand my awareness, expand my, 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 my ability to see how yeah. you intervene in this, even though the result is not what it, exactly what I want. Yeah, I remember the other day we were talking, you, were, you had said something, I forget where, where we were talking, and you said this, that do people believe in miracles? Like, what's, mm. what's the last miracle you've seen? And you said you woke up today, right? Yeah. Say, we don't even think about that, the fact that we woke up. But what about all the other things that God has removed, that's plowed out in front of you throughout your day that you don't even know? That's right. Right? And, um, you know, when we pray your will be done, like, God's wills for us, some of those things, for us to wake up. Sure. For us to do those things, declare those paths for us, you know, and, and we don't think about it that way because we 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 we've become so ingrained that it, it has to be a satisfactory thing right away, right now, right here, so, right now. Yeah, I, I was so I was going down Highway Forty Two the other day, uh, two Mondays ago, going to play soccer. Most of you know that I play soccer Monday night, six thirty. Go to soccer, soccer first, and. Doing a promotion there for soccer first? No, 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 that, maybe a promotion to go see me play now. I'm just joking. Uh, so, <laughs> don't go see me play. It's pretty lame. Um, we, I was driving there. And, I, you know, I was driving. I was, you know, listening to some music. And I was driving and just thinking about life. And, and uh, right in front of me, dude, this kid, to be honest, I, I didn't see if it was a, uh, someone. I couldn't tell if it was a boy or girl yeah. or... So someone swerved right in front of me. Boom! Like, I was like, right in front of me. Like, I was like, there was no time to break from you or anything. He just went in, that person went in and out. Huh. Right away, I was like, thank you, God. That guy or that person missed me. Why? Why did that person miss me? Some people say it's happenstance. But we, those of us. Oh, you got lucky, Sam. Or, 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 he got it. He got it right on the right time. Or that was nothing I could, nothing I could done to to have changed the outcome Mm -hmm. of that. Nothing. Like I I was just driving. uh, Maybe someone would say, "Well, you really paying attention." Well, am I supposed to be seeing the guy come across me to see if he's texting, driving? Like I, I, I'm sorry, I don't have that. That I'm not Superman, I can see that far, you know. <laughs> so I was even paying attention. I don't pay attention with the car that comes across me. I'm just driving to pay, make sure that I'm driving straight and going down the road, you know. And so this person like swerved, loop, loop, loop. and I was like, Thank you, God, <laughs> for saving me, for protecting me. Yeah, for me, that was a miracle. See, this is the thing we don't see the hand of God in our lives every day. You don't see that you could have trip down stretch today. You couldn't see that you could have crashed your own car today because you're texting driving and God pro- protected you from it. Or maybe you were dream driving, right? You yeah. know what dreaming driving is? Yeah, you'll realize I'm, it, that happens all the time. Like, how did I get here? That is exactly like, how many times. I tell these people all the time. Sometimes you're driving, you got home and you're like, oh, hmm, I didn't I even get home. How did I get here? 
So there is a lot that we that God is doing every day to intervene in our lives. What we need is an expression of our awareness of what God is doing and yeah. how He's helping us. I mean, us. we need God to expand our capacity so that we can recognize the spiritual blessing because that's what that is. Mm-hmm. It's a spiritual blessing bestowed upon us that we fail to recognize because our inner man is weak. We're on that LTE, we're on that two bars in the spirit. You know what I'm saying? Oh, and we you. think we think it's our own doing. Like, oh, I swerved. Oh, I did this. You know, you know where God I, intervenes for us. You man. know where I have seen God's interven- intervenes for me in my life is through parenting. I've seen a lot of God intervention there, just because I'm not always with my kids, and I don't always had to get him to do them to do whatever I wanted to them to do, and and somehow they're still living and still doing good and still doing their things. If I like it or not, that's a different story. Yeah. But God's still there, which tells me a, a, a lot that God is not only immersively powerful, but He's altogether loving, and God's love always sustain us, and I think that's important. Yeah, I agree. I got nothing else to add, man. You said it well. Anything else to say? Any closing thoughts? No, I think we're good. Uh, Let's pray more. Let's praise more God. Yeah, just want to just kind of remind like Paul, you know, he's he's talking to the the Gentiles here, the Ephesian uh, Christians there. um, And he's talking to us too. We are the instrument that delivers the message of salvation. To the 21st century. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever thought about it that way. Mm. But we are. And he's given us the tools to do it. He's given us his word. And he's, given, he's empowered us with the Holy Spirit. So nothing can stop us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. As we always say. Be blessed. Be blessed.